0: Nick's starting lineup next year. Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, DeMar DeRozan, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson.
1: That's a play in squad right there, bro. <laughs>
2: To tell you from what we've heard. I think we're gonna have, to have, to have a very successful off season when it comes to free agents. Welcome to the next Bade oh, Podcast. Oh, 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 yeah. Home of the most ridiculously zesty takes in all of Nick's Twitter sphere. Oh, I guess yeah. that's what you call it nowadays, you kids. Three Nick's addicts. Dougie Fresh, what's good?
1: Yo, I gotta get this off my chest, man. I'm glad the series is over for this one reason. I'm so tired of the Julius Randle fucking pearl clutching that I keep hearing, oh, you can't say something mean about him because he got us here and it means you're not a real Nick fan. Bro, I used to set aside time when I was in college and the prime of my fucking life to stay in and watch Quentin Richardson ball. Okay, so don't tell me I'm not a fucking Nick fan (laughs) if I say something (laughs) mean about Julius Randle. It's ridiculous.
0: Yo, fuck Julius Randall.
1: <laughs> I didn't say all that, but I mean, yo, I, let's I be honest said it about what we right saw. here. Fuck Julius yeah, Randall. Yeah, I know you said it. We
2: said we are the zestiest, and we the proof is in the pudding. D boy, what's
0: good? You're now. It's the scary time of the season, the off season, where future dreams are dashed. One guy, just one guy, we got to bring back no matter what. Theo fucking Pinson. If we don't bring back Theo Pinson, I might not be a Knicks fan next year. Theo
2: Pinson, MVP of this Knicks season. I might be considered the Theo Pinson of this podcast. Me, saddest Knicks fan, Monty. The final score, Atlanta 103, Knicks 89. A 4-1 to one series victory. Shouts out to them for beating us. See, I can't do it. I can't do it. Walt suit was an impressionistic interpretation. Did the Hawks put us out of our misery? Did the Knicks have no bullets left? Por que no los dos? We're going to get into Quickies!
0: The season is over, ending on a familiar note of disappointment. Let's give out some awards for the last time this year. The Kyden Randall, who's your daddy most valuable player, goes to the boy from Lubbock, Texas, the balding behemoth, Trey Young. The Neophyte was the most dominant player on the floor all series, scoring 36 and collecting nine dimes to send the Knicks packing in Game
2: 5.
0: The Robert Downey Jr. Redemption award goes to Derrick Rose, who, despite hobbling through his worst game of the series, was indisputably the Knicks' best postseason player, averaging 19 points and shooting 48% from deep. The Nostradamus, Crystal Ball, goes to the Swiss Bank, Clint, Ndumba Capella. The Hawks, Big Man, promised to send the Knicks on vacation and did just that with his game high 15 rebounds and plus 21 net rating. The John Starks, Meltdown of Misery, Copper Brick, goes to the False Prophet, Julius Randle. Regular season, Randall never showed up in the playoffs. As the league's most improved player, shot an abysmal 29% from the field and was the epitome of regression, recording the same number of turnovers as field goals in Wednesday night's decisive loss. Overrated. And the sad stat of the game: Frank Nilikina, the Bakers' best on-ball defender, did not see the floor in Game Five and only played three minutes and 33 seconds the whole series. Au revoir. Au
2: revoir. This day in Sad Nick's history, June 2nd, 1993, Chicago 97, New York 94. Warning, for those suffering from Knicks PTSD, this might trigger a panic attack. Pivotal Game 5, the Knicks had been eliminated the past two years by the eventual champion Bulls. Patrick Ewing went for his jersey number and even hit a fucking three. Not enough. Mason, RIP the God, went 8 for 11 for 17 ballistic points, but nothing was stopping this raging bull. Jordan fucked around and had a 29-point, 14-assist triple double
1: yeah i mean the bow is something i did i did it in high school after i hit a game winner and uh, leading up to the game uh, i knew i know where we are i know it's a bunch of shows around this city um, and i know what what they do when the show is over so that's pretty much what it was so The last
0: two months have been a whirlwind of emotion for Knicks fans. Going into their game against the Grizzlies on April 9th, the Blue and Orange were one game under 500 and toying with the lottery. A nine game winning streak and only four losses for the rest of the season put the squad in the four spot and gave them their first playoff berth in eight years. Perception shifted, expectations were inflated, and the Knicks headed into the garden with the basketball world singing their praises. Then Trey hit the game winner and a superstar was born on Broadway. Randall had the worst three games of any player in NBA history to begin his playoff career. Tibbs was exposed with each and every adjustment he made. Only Derrick Rose looked ready for the spotlight and the Knicks fell hard. Now that the season is over, with disappointment ripe and pungent, we must ask ourselves, Does this first round blowout cloud the feelings of optimism built during the regular season?
2: Feelings of optimism? More like creeping dread. I was looking at a Jerome James bloated contract for Julius Randle if he looked 75% as good as he did during the regular season. The playoffs were a reminder of how far the Knicks have to go. And that if Tibbs and this coaching staff can take Julius Randle in this
1: roster so far, then boom to the moon if we actually get some players. If it wasn't for Tibbs and Julius Randle, it would have been open fucking gym for Obi Toppin every night, getting run out of the building. Obi quickly, RJ looking totally lost. Tivs has a system in place and a season that was put together off the back of extremely extremely hard work by this team so I don't think all is lost and I think we learned that we have a lot of young talent we have a core that's starting to blossom right now where I did get very concerned was Julius Randle totally disappearing in the play
0: can this guy actually elevate a playoff team and the answer is resoundingly no So the question then becomes, how much faith can you put in Randall?
2: If you want to do the weird question of who could you even trade Julius Randall for, another all-star, I would
0: say no. You know what else was exposed was the young players in the playoffs. And the biggest reason I can put on that was they didn't get the reps that they were supposed to during the regular season. Yeah, we would have lost more games. But to Monty's point, if Tibbs can get this out of Randall, why can't he get it out of RJ Barrett if he's the guy? He's looked more confident. He's looked less shakeable than scared ass
1: shook ass Julius fucking Randall. And we're never going to know who Obi Toppin is until we have Julius Randall on a different squad and it's unfortunate. I really thought I saw a star in Obi Toppin in these playoffs. In the really limited sample size you got, the dude had freaking watermelon balls, bro. What do we do about this logjam between the two of them?
0: Trade Randall This year's draft is generational. If Randall can be used as a piece along with our draft equity, he should be used as a piece as we grow for the future. We all know that we are not winning rings with this core as they are. And maybe we get a savior. Maybe we get a Kawhi or a Chris Paul. But, like, I don't even know if that's enough when you put them side by side with a guy who has to take 26 fucking shots all out of some ISO ball shit. Tibbs
2: isn't the coach that people want to play for. Do you think Chris Paul or Kawhi want to play 38 minutes a game? Do you? Hell think- no. Do you think Tibbs knows about rest management and almost every star player has some
0: form of rest management going forward? Randall was fucking gassed. Derrick Rose couldn't even play the fourth quarter in game five because he was broken down. And these guys could have been taking it easy going into the playoff stretch. And that hurt them. Tibbs' stubbornness always hurts this squad.
1: The pipe dream of trading Julius Randle, I'm sorry to say to both of you, is not gonna happen. So let's look forward and see what kind of moves we can actually make. Obviously, we need a playmaker. Obviously, we need more shooting. What are we gonna do with this upcoming draft and this upcoming free agency season? We got a ton of cash
0: sitting on the table and we have a ton of draft capital sitting on the table. And so far, the MO has been sit back, wait, see what you got. The cards are now in the hands of Leon Rose and the expectations have shifted. So there's more pressure now.
1: We were in a vacuum to start the season. We are not there anymore. Don't get too attached to to Reggie Bullock. Don't get too attached to Alec Burks because those guys are going to be out the door more or less. But the conundrum is can you get role players to replace them that can like fall in line under Tibbs or is he going to piss off a whole new group considering the chemistry and equity he's built up with the players that are here now?
2: We're all just reading the tea leaves at this point when it comes to the front office. We don't really know what they're going to do. We do know that Tibbs has an influence on him. Tibbs and Rose has had a relationship for a long time. And if he wants to keep his coach happy and functioning and having a team that's worth watching, then he might have to go star hunting.
0: I need to see the young guys get a larger role next year. We need to figure out how to make quickly the best that he can be, because we've all seen the star power coming out of him. RJ's gonna be 21 in his third year next year. We need to maximize his opportunities and play to his strengths, because you know he's gonna come in with a little bit more in his bag.
1: All All I gotta gotta say say is Mark Jackson Jackson had had to walk so so Steve Kerr could fly. fly.
2: Dad. It's time for one talk. talk. Getting high? People don't take you seriously. And there's a reason why. Because you do a lot of stupid shit. You say some dumbass things. Here's our highest takes of the season. Ubi Toppin is a bust? Wrong. Laughing for over 30 seconds about Julius Reynold being an all star. He was an all star. Kevin Knox is the light-skinned Kevin Durant. I should not have a platform if I'm gonna say something that's stupid, okay? Fire Tibbs, that was reasonable. Tibbs is ageist, a little less reasonable. Nick's winning the chip, put the blunt down. Look, in the game of takes, you miss every take you don't take. Being a volume taker means you gotta be the bad guy. You gotta miss, but that's okay because shooters shoot, takers take. And I cannot be held accountable for every time I am stoned and talk some wild fugazi bullshit, even if I record it into a microphone for all of posterity.
0: We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks, bait, And never, ever forget that from 1988 to 2000, Patrick Ewing led the Knicks to 13 straight playoff appearances. They have only made it out of the first round once since then.